All right, let's get into God's word this morning. Man, God's, God's been just preparing the way already. All that, all that has been done this morning, Claudia singing the songs that she's sung, the words that she's given, Pastor Dave with the ministry time. Um, God is really just preparing hearts for just the, for what he wants to say today. And I want to give you a word of encouragement today. And the title of the, the message that God gave me to share today is called Seasons. Seasons. I want to tell you that right up front. And, uh, you know, I'm actually from, I'm not from California, and uh, I'm not from Terre Haute. <laughs> They're like, all the pastors are from Terre Haute, right? No, I'm not from Terre Haute. <laughs> I'm actually from northeast Pennsylvania. It's a little place called the Poconos. Anybody ever heard of the Poconos? Okay, a couple of hands. It's a real tourist area. Uh, it's, it was big in the 80s. In the 80s, there was all these resorts and all these cool things. If you want to go snow tubing, and you could do it all over there in the Poconos, okay? And, uh. And it kind of died down, and recently in July, this summer, I actually went back to the Poconos, and I haven't been there in a while, and I, I was, you know, just driving around and with my dad, and we were doing some stuff, and, and I looked, and I saw how many things changed, and it's so, so funny how fast things change, and there was all these new resorts, I'm like, what is that place? There's actually new casinos, and I'm like, casinos in the Poconos? Okay, and just all these, all these cool things. But one of the cool things about the, the Poconos, where I come from, is that um, it's a little different. The weather is a little different from Southern California, okay? And uh, I want to I wanna make this disclaimer. I don't, there's never been a place, there's never, I've never been to a place that the weather is as good as Southern California. And I'm being honest with you, okay? It's just, there's just something about this place that it's almost like the weather's just beautiful. There's not too much humidity. I mean, I know you guys have heard this, and you've told me this before. You can go to the, to the mountains and go snow tubing and skiing, and then you can go to the desert and do whatever, get on some quads, and then you can go to the ocean all in one day. I mean, that's Southern California. So I appreciate where I live. But, you know, the Poconos is different because they actually have four whole seasons. <laughs> and um, uh, they have, you know, they obviously have the spring and the summer, but they have two seasons that Southern California doesn't necessarily see, and one of those is the fall. Okay, and uh, in the Poconos, if you go during the fall, you just you just stand anywhere because it's kind of in the mountains, and you'll look and you'll see all these different colors, all these different trees changing colors, yellows and reds, and um, just beautiful colors in the fall. And I love it because it's kind of it's a little brisk. You can go to Dunkin' Donuts and get your little cappuccino, and uh, get all you know. Just it's perfect fall weather. It's nice and brisk. Um, but the winter, the winter in the Poconos is a whole different story, okay? Because, um, you know, it's not very unusual for us to get two feet, two and a half feet of snow in one snowstorm, in one weekend, okay? And uh, the cool thing about snowstorms um, is that everything is paralyzed, everything stops, okay? Um, because you really can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, uh, you can't get on the road, so you know what you got to do? You got to stay home, drink coffee, and watch movies, that's what I miss about snow days, because you just chill. You got to wait till the snow stops. Um, I remember times um, when I was growing up um, that the weather, the news would say, all right, we're expecting a big snowstorm tomorrow. You know, and I started praying. I was like, Lord Jesus, please let there be no school tomorrow. And I'll start praying and interceding. And, uh, and I remember I would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I would, I would, I'm telling you, as soon as, as soon as my body was able to get up, I would be up and I would turn on the TV, all right? And, you know, and over there, 
if they're going to cancel school, they'll show it on the news channel and they'll put it at the bottom, you know. And so, you know, um, they do it in alphabetical order. My school was Pocono Mountain. And so I'll be like, A, Bethlehem, C, D, E, F. And I was sitting there for 20 minutes until they finally got to P. And then when they got to P, like all the anticipation, the excitement, and boom, Pocono Mountain closed. Yeah! I would scream at the top of my lungs and wake up everybody in the house. And then I would just go back to bed. Because was, that was the coolest thing. There was no school. It was canceled. And so, you know, it was cool. It was cool then and there. But and then when the summer came and you had to stay in school like two and a half weeks longer, that wasn't cool. But um, so we're talking about seasons. I'm talking about seasons today. Uh, Jamie and I moved here. I can't believe it's almost going to be four years. We moved here four years ago, Southern California. This cool place, this cool church. And um, one of the things that was hard for us was to kind of change our way of thinking when it came to seasons. Because come October, come November, we automatically used to think, okay, it's October, it's November, it's cold. It's just cold. So you know what we would do? It would be November, and we would go to the closet, living here. We would put on, I would put on my vest, my sweater, and I would walk out the house without even thinking. And I would be like, dang, it's hot. I don't need all this stuff. And I would go to the closet and take it off. And, and I would do that, you know, without even thinking because I was so used to whenever we got to a certain time period, that means that it was cold. But, you know, it's not like that here. And, you know, sometimes our lives as followers of Christ, as Christians, we can, we can go through these seasons. We can go through these changes. And, you know, some of the seasons that we go through are sweet, right? I love that song um, by Matt Redman, Blessed Be Your Name, right? He talks about blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful, right? He talks about the different seasons. And we can go through seasons that are sweet and it seems like everything's falling in place. But, you know, seasons are, are funny sometimes because they can change just like that. Everything's going good. Everything's going the way we want it to. All our ducks are aligned and everything's all ready to go. And then just like that, things change, and we're in a new season. We were in a spring season, and then all of a sudden we seem to be in a fall season where everything around us seems like it's dying, and everything's just getting bad, and we can't explain it. And then all of a sudden we're going through this winter season where everything's dry and everything's dead, and we're asking God, why? Why am I going through this? But, you know, I want to encourage you today and tell you that despite the season you're going through, God is still with you. God is still in control. There was this group of people in the Bible, and they were called the people of Israel. And I, I loved studying them when I was in Bible college. And just when I got into, when I really got into the word and studying it for myself, I loved to study the Old Testament, especially the first five books. You guys know what that's called? first five books the Pentateuch right I love studying the people of Israel because you really get to see a, a glimpse of who they really were of their reactions of what they would say of how they would complain and uh, the more I studied them the more I came to realize that they were just like us <laughs> they're just like the church today and so what, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you a quick little I'm going to give you a, a, a history of the first five books of the people of Israel. And as I do that, I'm going to pull out three points that jumped out to me while I was studying these first five books. All right, so don't, don't turn me off just because I said history. I know some of you guys don't watch the History Channel and you guys are like, that's boring. Okay, but I, want you to, I really want you to listen and, uh, and just get these points that I feel like God has given me that we're going to pull out of the Word. 
So we're going to start in the book of Genesis. At the end of Genesis, we see the story of Joseph. There was a huge famine in the land, right? We know the story. And uh, Egypt had made preparations. They had stocked up their food because they knew that this famine was coming. And people from all around came to Egypt because they knew that they had food over there. And Joseph's brothers were part of those that came. And the, we, as you read the story of, uh, in the book of Genesis, the story of Joseph, you see that his brothers, they were all reunited. And it felt so good. Reunited. So you guys got that. There was a big emotional meeting. They all forgave each other. They were crying. They all hugged each other. And there was forgiveness and reconciliation. And, uh, and Joseph said his famous words that you read in Genesis chapter 5. He says, but as, far, but as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. Aren't you glad that sometimes what people mean to, to hurt you and some people mean to, to just bring you down and the enemy wants to hurt you, but God turns it around. God turns it around for the good. And he did that in this life, in the life of Joseph. And towards the end of Genesis, in chapter 46, if you read it, you see that there were only 70 Israelites living in Egypt. Okay, that was in chapter 46, towards the end of Genesis. And that was Joseph's family. There was only 70 of them living there. Okay? So what happens? We move on to our next book, Exodus. There's 275 years that pass from the end of Genesis to the beginning of Exodus. And two things happen. What happened to the people of Israel? Anybody know? Anybody know what happened to them? They multiplied, okay? They multiplied. All right, they went from 70 people to 2.5 million people living in Egypt. They grew. And the second thing that happened to them is that they became enslaved. They were enslaved, okay? We're going to skip around a little bit in the Bible. Let's go to Exodus chapter 1. We're just going to read this real quick. Verse 6 through 14, this is what it says. Now Joseph and all his brothers... And all that generation died. But the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous. So that the land was filled with them. Then a new king who did not know about Joseph came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them. Or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us and leave the country. Verse 11. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with hard labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. All right? So what's going on here? The people of Israel were enslaved. They were worked. They were treated harshly. They weren't given much of anything. The first season I see here in the people of Israel, the first point that I want to pull out is that the Israelites were in the land of not enough. They were in a dark time. They worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and couldn't show much for their work. They were enslaved. They were treated ruthlessly. 
And it doesn't matter what they did, they always came out with the same result because they were enslaved. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever went through a time in your life where you worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and you, didn't, you couldn't show much for what you did? Where you were in a land where you felt like there was not enough. Where you almost felt like you were enslaved. That's how the people of Israel felt. They worked and worked and worked but couldn't show much for it. But you know, I love, what I love about God is that nothing catches him by surprise. Amen? Nothing, nothing, nothing surprises God. Right? You don't, this doesn't happen in your life and all of a sudden God's like, oh, I missed that. No, nothing catches God by surprise. And he knew this was going to happen. Listen to what Genesis 15 says. Verses 13 through 16. This is God speaking to Abraham. He said, then the Lord said to him. Let's see, I'm going to skip over some of this here. Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. And they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. But I will punish the nations that they serve as slaves. And afterward, they will come out with great possessions. And then in verse 16, it says, In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here. So what is God saying to Abraham? God knew what was going to happen with the people of Israel. He wasn't caught off guard. He knew that they were going to live in Egypt and become enslaved. But he also prophesied to Abraham that they were going to come out. And, you know, when you're, when you're going through these difficult times in your life where you feel like there's not enough and you feel like the more the, you do and do and do and there's nothing to show for it, make sure you hold on to God's word, church. Hold on to his promises. Hold on to what he said in his word. You know, sometimes this is the first thing that we neglect when we go through a difficult time. And I'm telling you because I've been one of them. I go through a challenge and I go through a difficulty and it's the first thing that goes out the window. And I do everything else. But see, God knows, what's, God knows what's happening. It hasn't caught him by surprise. Let's go to his word. Let's go to his promises and be encouraged by it. So God promised Abraham that his descendants were going to go to this promised land, to this land flowing with milk and honey, right? What happened next? God rose up Moses, we know this story, to deliver Israel. And through miraculous events, through plagues, through the Passover, God delivered the people of Israel. God brought them through the Red Sea and once and for all delivered them from the Egyptians. So just imagine this, okay? Just imagine these stories. Sometimes we, we can think that they were make-believe or just, you know, that couldn't have really happened. But just imagine that they were in front of this huge Red Sea, right, with the people of Egypt right behind them. And they're about to kill them and destroy them. And they're, they're in front of this Red Sea, and God opens it up and delivers them. And they walk through it, and then he closes the sea up and kills all of the Egyptians. And they see this huge, miraculous event, all right? And uh, if you read chapter 15 of Exodus, they were, so, they were so grateful for what God had done that they sang a song, that Miriam sang a song, right? And I can just imagine, they all took out their instruments and their, you know, percussion instruments. And Miriam, they said that she played the tambourine and she did a tambourine dance. I'm not going to try to do that today because and then you guys are going to forget everything I'm, I'm going to say. But, you know, they were just on this high. They were just so grateful for God's deliverance. And then they end up in the desert by themselves. You know, the funny thing about Israel is that uh, they were very vocal with their opinions. And the Bible says that in Exodus 15, that three days after God delivered them from the Red Sea, they started to do what? They started to complain. They started to grumble and to murmur, right? 
And they're like, Dad. You know, they're walking down the desert just dragging their feet because they don't even know where they're going. They're just following Moses. They're like, man, you know what? I don't know what we're doing here. I'm so thirsty. We were in Egypt, and I know we didn't have much to eat, but, you know, at least we have something to eat over there. And they started complaining, and they, all, they started riling each other up. And, and then all of a sudden, they was like, man, we need to go talk to Moses. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know where he's going. His GPS is off. He's lost. I want, a, I want Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. And they're just, they're all complaining, and they're all working themselves up. Three days after God had did something. Isn't that funny how quickly we can forget what God had done, what God did in our lives. We can forget that. Church, let's be a church that doesn't have short-term memory. But that we would be a church that we would remember what God did. Because, you know, sometimes, sometimes when you're going through a difficult time, you need to look back and remember how God provided for you then and know that he's going to do it again. Because he did it before, he's going to do it again. But they forgot. They forgot what God did. And they started complaining. Exodus 15:22 says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Morah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Morah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made a decree and a law for them, and there he tested them. And this is what he said, verse 26, chapter 15. He said, If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. And this is what he says, for I am the Lord God that heals you. And I love, I love that, that glimpse of God that we get. Because despite the grumbling and complaining of Israel, despite all their just sass and talking back, God still demonstrates his love. And he says, guys, if you would just honor me, if you would just do what I have called you to do, then I will keep all this sickness and all this disease and I will, I will prosper your life. And that's how God is in our lives. We can sometimes we complain and we forget what he did in the past. But his love is so big. His love is so great that he still says, you know what? I'm still going to watch out for you. Just do what I've called you to do. And I will keep. He says, I, you know, I'm the God that heals you. And in other words, he's saying, I'm the God that keeps you healed. Amen? That's what he's saying today. That's, that applies to us today. He's saying, if you honor me, if you do what I've called you to do, if you honor me with your decisions, with your life, then I'm going to keep you healed because I'm the God that heals you. That's what God was saying. His love was so big for the people of Israel. Then it continues, Exodus 16. The people begin to complain some more. And starting in Exodus 16, verse 11, this is what it says. The Lord said to Moses, I've heard your grumbling. I've heard the grumbling, sorry, of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Ain't God cool? They were hungry. They were complaining about their hunger. And he said, all right, I'm going to give you guys meat, and I'm going to give you guys bread so you can make a chicken sandwich. And uh, I, I just think, when I read this, I thought about my wife, and she loves to eat meat. 
She loves to eat steak and ribs. And I can remember if she, if she would have been there when God spoke this word, she would have been just dancing, just praising God because she would have been happy. So he, they're complaining about their hunger, hunger, and all of a sudden God says, all right, I'm going to give you guys meat, and I'm going to give you guys some bread. And this is what the story, the story continues. It says, 13, that evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Could you just imagine? Could you imagine being a part of this story and, and seeing, you guys know what, what they called this in the Bible? What these flakes were called? Manna, right? Could you just imagine waking up in the morning and just looking all around you and all of a sudden you see all these little flakes and you're like, what's that? What is that? You know, but God provided for them. He provided for them despite their grumbling and their complaining. He gave them meat and he gave them these, these, this manna, these flakes to eat. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, he who gathered much did not have too much. And he who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered as much as he needed. So the Israelites, they started off in Egypt. And they were in the land of not enough. And then they moved to the desert. And as I read this, they were in the land or the season of just enough. That's what I see that as. As their time in the desert. They didn't know where their meal was coming from. They didn't know how they were going to eat the next day. They didn't know how they were going to drink water. But God provided for them. Have you ever gone through a season like that, church? Where you know that God provided for you two days ago and he, you know, provided for you yesterday and gave you something today. But you're not sure how he's going to provide for you tomorrow. You know, sometimes we go through seasons like that where God tests us. And we need to trust in God. You don't know where your next meal is coming from. You don't know how you're going to pay the rent. Maybe you have some family in the hospital and you don't know what you're going to do. But when you least expect it, God comes through. God is an on-time God, church. I don't know if you're going through this season right now. If you're here today and you're going through this type of, of season where you, you're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. Or you're not sure what they're gonna, if they're going to come and take away your car or take away this. But I want to encourage you and tell you, church, that God is an on-time God. God is an on-time God. Come on and look at your neighbor. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, God is an on-time God. Be encouraged this morning. It's not our timing. It's not our timing. It's not our, our, it's not our, our spouse's timing. It's not our, you know, it's, it's, nobody, it's God's timing. What we need to do is trust him. We need to put our trust in him. So what happens next? God gave the Israelites the commandments at Mount Sinai. And the rest of Exodus is divided up between the law and the tabernacle. And we move on to Numbers. And in Numbers, Israel has a law, and they're ready to enter the promised land. They organize themselves for battle, and they're right at the Jordan River, ready to cross into Jericho. And we know what happens. They go in, and they, they sin against God. Because of their lack of faith, they end up wandering the desert for 40 years. And in the desert, God continues to provide them with just enough for their needs. And the story goes on, and it goes on to the book of Deuteronomy. And I love, I love this book. If you've ever read the book of Deuteronomy, 
you just see so much encouragement by it. And uh, Deuteronomy doesn't continue the story of Israel. It doesn't, it doesn't say they went here and they fought these people and they, then they went back over here. And, no, it just, they're at the, they're ready to cross into the promised land, into this land that God had promised them. But, uh, but Moses, before they go into it, Moses is just admonishing them. And he's, he's just speaking to them and saying, guys, we messed up before when we were about to cross in. Let's not do this again. And he's imploring them and he's saying, guys, make sure you honor God. When you go into this new land, when you go into this promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey, this land that is going to give you more than enough, make sure you honor God in everything you do. Don't forget what he has done in your life. Don't forget how he saved you and how he rescued you, how he provided for you. And he's imploring them. And you can see this summed up in Deuteronomy 30. The Israelites were getting ready to go into the land, into this season of more than enough. That's number three. More than enough. Into the new land, a new season. And in Deuteronomy 30, this is what it says, starting with verse 11. I think we're going to skip a couple of verses. Let's go to 15, Deuteronomy 30, 15. And he says, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed you will not live long in the land you are crossing this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death blessings and curses now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord your God is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I love this one line. It says, for the Lord is your life. I speak that today. Th those are not my words. Th those are God's words to you, church. You know, this was written in the Old Testament, and some people say, oh, the Old Testament doesn't apply to us today. But I believe these words resonate today. These words that Moses spoke, he says, if you honor me with your life, if you honor me with your decisions and your relationship, if you honor me in the things that you do, then I will prosper you. I will bless you. I will give you life. Sometimes we think that our success and our victory comes from the things that we do. But God is saying here, God is bringing clarity to that. And he's saying, you know what? Success and victory comes only through me. Because I am your life. And here's the word that I want to tell you. Here's what, I, I said all that to say this, church. It doesn't matter what season you're going through right now in your life. It doesn't matter if you're going through a season of, of not enough, where you feel like you've been working and working and working, and you feel like you have nothing to show for it. Or maybe you're going through a time where you feel like God is just providing you exactly what you need and your faith is being tested. Or maybe you're, you're already in the promised land and you're in the land of more than enough. But whatever your season is, we have to make sure that we continue to honor God in our lives. 
We need to continue to honor God because when we honor God, God shows us victory and shows us success. You know, the worst thing that can happen is that we get stuck in, in, in this season, that we get stuck in the same place and we don't get anywhere. That's what the enemy wants to do to us. He doesn't want us to succeed. But you know what, Pastor Dave was sharing it this morning. Man, if we want to see new, new things and changes in our life, we need to begin to do new things. If we want to see change, we need to do something new. Maybe we've been doing the same thing day in and day out. And we're asking ourselves, why am I still here? Why am I still stuck in this place? Maybe now's the time to start doing something new. To offer God something different, something new, something more. Choose life. I love Galatians chapter 6. It's an awesome verse. Starting with verse 9. And it says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I want to read that one more time because I know that's for somebody out there. I'm going to read that. Come on and, and, and embrace that scripture this morning. Come on and receive that. This is what it says. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Here's, your, here's the word for you this morning, church. You ready for it? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. This scripture is talking about sowing and reaping. Keep on planting those seeds. Keep on planting those seeds. I love the story of Joseph. And I shared this this morning because Joseph, if you, if you can have time to read it. But, you know, Joseph went through such a difficult life. The beginning, almost three quarters of his life was just full of, of just darkness and, and despair. His brothers just threw him for dead. He ended up enslaved. He ended up in prison. You know, Joseph could have been the ones to say, man, forget God. I don't care. I'm not going to serve him anymore. But you know what? Despite being in this difficult season, he still chose to honor God. I mean, that's, that speaks volumes to me. He chose to minister to two other people. Do you remember that story when he was in jail, right? The cupbearer, I think, and the, and the baker came to him, and they, wanted, they heard that he translates, uh, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Translates dreams. And they came, and instead of Joseph saying, man, forget you guys. I got my own problems. You know what he said? He said, I'm going to minister to you guys because God is still good. I love that story. Such a, it speaks to us. Don't give up, church. Doesn't matter what season you're going through this morning. Doesn't matter how difficult your circumstances are. Doesn't matter how seemingly impossible your situation is. But if we keep honoring God, if we keep honoring him, if we keep following his commandments, if we keep following his decrees, if we keep growing in our relationship with him, the Bible says, I don't say it, the Bible says that God will bless us. He will bless us. Let's keep doing what's good. Amen, church? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on and lift up your hands this morning, church. If you're going through a difficult season this morning, can you come up, Robin? Come on, if you're going through a difficult season, why don't you stand up this morning? If you're going through a challenging season right now in your life, if you don't know where the answer is coming from, we want to pray for you today. Come on and stand up and put your hands up. Hallelujah. Come on and raise your hands to heaven. Father, we thank you this morning.
Father, we thank you this morning, God. Father, we thank you that nothing catches you by surprise. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are still sitting on your throne. Father, we thank you this morning, God, that you are still in control of all things. Father, I pray this morning, Lord God, that as we hear your word, Father, as we hear about your character and who you are, God, that we would be encouraged this morning. Lord, I pray that you would allow faith to arise in the house of God. Father, those going through difficult seasons, challenging seasons, Lord God, Father, I pray that they would not throw in the towel. God, I pray that they would not give up, God, but that they would continue doing what they know is right. Father, they would continue doing what they know is good, what you've called them to do, oh God. Father, have your way in their life. Let faith arise. Father, I pray that they would shake the dust off today. That they would shake the dirt off and clean themselves off and begin a new journey in you, oh God. Father, we thank you, God, that you are still in control. We thank you, God, that you have not left us for dead or left us for orphans, God, but you are still walking with us. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We just speak encouragement upon every person today, God. Father, we speak against those words that have been spoken Father, just words of death and words of destruction that have been spoken over those today, God. Father, we, we bind that and we rebuke those in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak life upon every person here today, oh God. Father, we rebuke and bind the plan of the enemy, God. The plan to destroy, to steal, to kill, God. We rebuke and we bind that plan in the name of Jesus, God. And we speak life, God, over every person that's gathered here today, God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would renew their spirits this morning, Lord God. That you would infuel them, God. That you would rekindle them this morning, Lord God. So that they can be, Lord God, and do what you've called them to do and be. Father, we speak faith this morning over every person. Father, we speak faith. Lord God, with the enemy intended for evil, you're going to turn it around for good. We believe that this morning. With, you, with the enemy intended for evil, God, you're going to turn it around for the good and we are going to testify about what you've done in the name of Jesus God we thank you hallelujah 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 thank you Lord thank you Jesus hallelujah amen don't give up don't give up church don't give up don't give up don't give up. Keep on doing what you know is right. Keep on doing what you know is good. Keep on spending time with God in prayer. Your devotional time. Keep on reading his word. Keep on coming to church. Keep on giving. Keep on doing what you know God has called you to do. And things will change. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you once again for your word. I thank you, God your word brings life and brings change and it opens our eyes father i pray lord god that we would leave this place today different than the way we came in Lord god i pray that we would not only hear this word god but that we won't just hear it and not do what it says god but that we would that we would live this out that we would walk this word god that we would keep on doing what is good what is right and we know that seasons will change father we thank you and we ask you this in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen.
I want to remind you guys tonight that there's life groups. Life groups are tonight at 6 p.m. And yes, if you have not signed up for a life group, it's not too late. It's not too late to sign up. You can do that um, either in the, in the uh, friendship room or maybe the welcome center. You can sign up there. So don't miss out. It's going to be a great new semester. God bless you all. Have a great week.